Hi, throw me. My name's Tom Atkins. You are listening to Horror Homeschool. Christmas, happy holidays, and welcome back to Horror Homeschool. I'm Chris. And I'm Ashley. How you doing, Ashley? I'm good. I'm excited. How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm I've still got the lurgy. I'm still not feeling hundred percent, but I am also very excited for this episode. I know we always say that. I'm I'm excited for this episode, but I am especially excited. I'm for excited this one. for every episode, but I'm like, <laughs> double excited for this one. Yeah. <laughs> double excited because we're here to talk about gremlins but that's not what i'm excited for that's not the main event here for me uh the main attraction is our special guest so this is a man who i've been online friends with for many years now uh he first entered my life via a batman 66 commentary podcast called biff bam bought he was one of the co-hosts along with josh beasley and jay leal um, and it still remains one of my favorite Mike, podcasts Michael ever. Michael Beasley, sorry. Michael, I'll, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Mike Beasley. He won't um, listen, so it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, I love that podcast, and that's how I got to know this man. Um, and I, I really wish I could re-listen to that podcast, but I think it's been lost in cyberspace uh, when Leo Legacy got attacked by cyber ninjas and after his many, many rebrands as well. Uh, but I digress. This man has possibly the largest Pez collection in the world. He's a Seinfeld and Simpsons superfan and an 80s pop culture guru. Welcome to the pod, ride or die, Ryan Horn. Hey, how's it going? Thank you, thank you. What's going on, man? Oh, nothing. Just, you know, just sitting in my kitchen with my dog in the next room. So uh, I already told you guys, but for the listeners, if you hear barking in the background, he's okay. He's just neurotic <laughs> <laughs> just wants to join in on the conversation that's all right yeah, just it's like i love gremlins <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a happy first first day of hanukkah right uh tonight will be the first night I guess, first night so. see i had i yeah. don't i don't know how it works all yeah, i know is probably, um, the adam sandler song we have eight crazy nights he said right right yeah, tonight will be the first night. So if I was a good Jew, I would be lighting some candles tonight. But I don't think I have any. <laughs> <laughs> Bad Jew. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for agreeing to be on the pod, dude. Um, oh, this is quite, quite surreal to be finally chatting to you with our voices because it's been so we're long. Like, of we're like your on. number one fan, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah man but yeah just want to like personally thank you as well for supporting the pod from the very get-go and 
it's so cool to finally have you on. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Before we talk about Gremlins, uh, you know how this works, dude. We have a set of questions that we ask the special guests that we have on, just to let the listeners get to know your horror movie background and what you're all about. Here we go. First question. What is a horror movie that you hate? Okay, well, uh, these two kind of go together, I would say, I guess, but uh, both of the Rob Zombie Halloweens. Yeah, okay. So I'm guessing you hate number two more than the first one, right? Uh, yeah, number two is more of a mess. Um, I hate number one as well, just because I feel like it's a character you don't need to have that much of a backstory to. It's creepier without uh, yeah. knowing his story. And then just the kind of torture porn, like rape scenarios, mm-hmm. not really a fan of in either one of those. Yeah, no, I, I do agree with you. I mean, I I really dislike the second one. It's probably my least favorite in the entire franchise. I do have a bit of a weird soft spot for the first one. But um, yeah, I don't think you've seen them, have you actually? I think you've seen the first one, right? I seen the first one and I was like, yeah. eh, it's okay. But I felt like it, I felt like it, um, I didn't want, michael to be humanized i wanted him just right. to be the shape so yeah no, and seeing him as a little boy i just feel like it's too much like yeah you don't need to see that like yeah i don't want to think about nurture versus nature at all right now i want to watch michael just fucking annihilate everybody <laughs> yeah if, if you skip to the end of that film it's not so bad <laughs> <laughs> um what is a horror movie that you think is overrated? All right. Uh, this may make you a little bit upset. I'm not sure. I think I remember you saying you liked it. Uh, but Blair Witch Project. Oh, yeah. That's one of my faves. I do love it. I don't know. It, Maybe I need to revisit it, but I just think it kind of got a lot of hype. And, you know, I think the idea of it is good, but I don't know about the execution so much. Right. I, I think it's it just because it was like so groundbreaking for the time. Because there wasn't right. many, you know, sort of fan footage horrors going on. Like it was, it was sort of like groundbreaking, um, and it, it was for me as well. That's why it made such an impact on me. So well, I didn't think... didn't everybody freak out too, thinking that it was like actually real or something? Yeah, because the the promotion they did for it, like the um the marketing for it, was like like it was a true thing, like a real thing, and they even like paid the actors like extra to sort of like go underground and completely disappear, like they actually went missing. So oh God, it, was, that's it was pretty awesome. cool. I didn't know yeah. that. Okay, next question. Um, what is a horror movie you think is underappreciated? Uh, I would say Slither by James Gunn. Uh, that movie is wild. <laughs> Not yeah. seen it. Uh, I don't know if you would like it. It's pretty mm. gross. Yeah, I don't like gross. <laughs> I mean, the fact that the movie's called Slither kind of, you know, it is pretty gross. But it's good. It's like one of those wacky wacky movies yeah. um yeah i don't know how you feel about nathan fillion or uh michael rooker the cast oh, is nathan great fillion. um i like michael rooker not nathan fillion he's from firefly right yeah and buffy that's a, i just i like it a lot i think the effects are pretty good it's a good mix of practical and cgi uh cast is good it is pretty gross though there's some really pretty gross stuff but um it's got that i don't know I don't know how you really feel about horror comedy stuff. He hates it. Yeah, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of James Gunn, to be honest. Like, I really love Guardians oh. of the Galaxy, obviously, but 
yeah, all the other James Gunn stuff I've seen, like the new Suicide Squad and all that, it's kind of the humor like doesn't that. really work for me now. I loved that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't apologize. I even, A lot of people did. <laughs> I'm just weird. <laughs> I even like that Dawn of the Dead remake that he he wrote and then uh what's his name? Snyder directed. And I'm not even a I hate Zack Snyder, so that's saying something. <laughs> yeah, I thought I actually remember liking that. It's been a while since I watched it though, I think. But Okay, next question. Uh what is a horror movie that you love? Um I don't know. Some people might not classify it as horror, but um, it definitely has horror elements. So, uh, Silence of the Lambs. Oh yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely a horror. I have definitely. not seen that. That's one of the oh, all-time man. greats. It's yeah, you need to check that out ASAP. Like, it's just it's one of those classics that every every horror fan needs to see. It's such a great like it's, it's a thriller movie essentially. I think, but right, it is, yeah, uh, kind of a crime drama also, but definitely has like creepy horror elements to it. Yeah, you'll love it, Ashley, because, I mean, the performances in it are fantastic, you know, you get... I'll have to, I'll have to check it out. I keep forgetting. Jodie Foster and um, who plays Hannibal again? What's his name? Anthony, Anthony Hopkins. Hopkins. Yeah, yeah, he's fantastic. So, oh, yeah, definitely watch that. That's a good one. Um, what is a horror movie that you can watch over and over? All right, you'll agree with me, but both of you will agree with me on this one, uh, but it's Scream. Hell yes. All day long. <laughs> all day every day <laughs> it's so good oh quickly um what how do we feel about the new teaser trailer for scream six love it watched it about 15 times in a row <laughs> what do you think ryan i i love it too i don't i don't think any of that's going to be actually in the movie it looks like it looks kind of you know one of those teasers where they don't show any footage mm. yeah um, but uh i do like the idea of changing the setting i think it's time yeah I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to see Ghostface in New York, definitely. I also get the idea that it's going to be like set on Halloween with all the people dressed up, right? Yeah, I think so. Which kind Unless of infuriates it's a me. dream or it's something. Like, <laughs> it's like, why don't you just release that on Halloween? Like, there's not, a, there's not a Halloween film coming out next year, so just release it in October, you know? Yeah. But whatever. I'll take whatever scream I can get, even in March. Uh, I, I've always said, like, we, I'd love to see a screen movie set on Halloween because that'd be like, that'd be really cool. What do we think about the um, the, the zombie mask as it's being coined? Um, I didn't really study it too much. It didn't look too different. It's it's the first time we've seen anything other than just a a stark white ghost face mask. Like it's usually well, like a bright, bright white one. That MTV TV show that I didn't watch, um, the mask was like completely different for that, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I, d- I never actually classed that as official screen, but I guess it actually is, right. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I never it's watched not it. not part of the film like series. The different. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think the um, the zombie mask looks cool. I have my theories that it could be Stu because of the whole resurrection from the dead. The zombie well, didn't uh, Kevin Williamson just come out and say that he's he's officially dead? He's not coming back? But then everybody's like, yeah. oh. But what, really, what 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 weight does Kevin Williamson hold anymore in the screen franchise? I don't know. True. I, I kind of feel like it's it's his own it's his own thing now, the way it's gone. So it could I mean it's probably not gonna be Stu. That's kind of just like a fun fan theory, but um it's gonna be an interesting one because obviously we've not got Neve this time as well. So got not got Neve, not got Dewey. Mm. Just got Gale. And then we've got um We've got Hayden, what's her name? Hayden Panitter? I can never say mm-hmm. her name. Kirby. 
Kirby's returning, and so I'm excited for that. So of course, wait, Courtney Cox actually officially said she's gonna she is in it. Oh yeah, she's uh, yeah. Oh, I'm pretty sure she is. Yeah. Okay. Because she's like the only legacy one returning, um, right. and of course we get we get more General Ortega, which is always a good thing. And who who seems to be like the star of it now? She's like on all the thumbnails for the the trailer. <laughs> right. They're just pushing pushing her. Um. Yeah. Let more her, less Sam, because I can't be doing with that. <laughs> Wasn't really a fan <laughs> of her character. Um. So. Next question. What is a horror movie that surprised you? Um, I would say it surprised me just because how off the rails it went at the end. Did not expect it, uh, but uh, Malignant. Oh, I, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I, for some reason, I just knew it. Yeah, we're actually going to be speaking about that next year. Um, but yeah, yeah, it does get pretty fucking wacky, doesn't it, at the end? <laughs> yeah, we're going to watch it. Did not see that coming at all. And, you know... Not to spoil anything, but that jail scene or whatever. Oh like, my what god, I know. <laughs> <sighs> Quite literally surprised me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, what is a horror movie that is your guilty pleasure? All right, so I saw this in theaters. Uh, my friend found a uh, one of those free movie passes. Probably, I guess it was before it was released. You know, like a sneak preview. He found it like on the floor of a nightclub. And asked me if I wanted to go. I was like, sure, why not? Um, but House of Wax, the remake with Paris. Oh, okay, okay. Mm, that's such a good one. It's, yeah, it's a weird one, because I, I saw that in theaters as well when it came out. Um, I was pretty much a horror noob at the time, so it was one of my first, like, I, I guess you call it a slasher, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. One of my first, it's like, such slashes. a weird... But I, so I remember weird. really enjoying it, and everyone went nuts when Paris Hilton died because it was, yeah. everyone like loved to hate her at the time. It was like the thing. Yeah. Um, so that was, yeah, it's got some good scenes in that, actually, some great kills. Right, right. I think I've told you this before, probably, but in my theater, it's probably one of the best things that an audience member has yelled out ever. But uh, when the spoilers spear or whatever goes through Paris's head and she's just laying there bloody, uh, somebody in the crowd yelled out, that's hot. <laughs> yeah perfect, perfect timing it's like yes that guy's awesome so good <laughs> i used to secretly love the simple life it was like one of my guilty pleasures when i was like when i was younger that's your horror movie guilty pleasure the simple life <laughs> yeah pretty much have you seen the original either of you no no, not. no i need to check it out too i've thought about it but no I watched a movie that was like basically the same thing. It's called Tourist Trap. Have you seen that? No. Yeah. It it's, sounds like yeah. it would be the same thing. Yeah, it's weird because it's not it's not a remake at all. It's like set it's 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 in the eighties. It's like an eighties slasher. Um but like eighty percent of the movie is exactly the same premise and everything. Um it's a wild film though. You should check it out. Like I'm not I'm not saying it's a good one, it's just wild. <laughs> um <laughs> Okay, last question. What is a horror movie you should have seen by now? Okay, so this one, I'm talking about the original, but I mean, I guess there's a remake as well that I heard was good, but uh, Suspiria. Oh, yes. So yes. good. We're both huge Suspiria fans. Um, love the original. The The remake um, is a very different film. It's more of a reboot than a remake, uh, if that makes sense. It's yeah, it's okay. it's a lot different. Like the original, I love because of 
the color palette and the soundtrack mainly and the, the remake is like completely the opposite it's not colorful it's very stark and a uh, very different soundtrack um but yeah they're both worth checking out especially the original though i do recommend that <laughs> so yeah. good um so that's it then for the question should we delve into what we're here to talk about yep i'm ready let's talk about gremlins so this was released on the 8th of june in 1984 in america and the 7th of December, 1984, in the UK. And um, so weirdly, uh, am I right there, Ryan, with those facts? Uh, uh, the June 8th is correct. I did not know that it was released that much later in the UK. Yeah, so we got a Christmas release here, which makes sense, right? So I don't know why it yeah. came out in, in June <laughs> for you guys. <laughs> Weird decision. Um, yeah. So this is written by Chris Columbus, who also did The Goonies. Christmas with the Cranks and the Christmas Chronicles 2. I mean, what an awful film that was. I don't know if you, either of you have seen that. But Which one? <laughs> the Christmas Chronicles 2. I don't even know no, what, what that is. Yeah. What that oh, is. Oh, um, the original, uh, well, they're both on Netflix. The original came out like, uh, I think it was 2018. It stars Kurt Russell as Santa Claus. Oh, okay, that one. Oh, I haven't seen either one of those. The the first one's actually pretty decent Christmas flick. Like it's corny, but it's fun. And Kurt Russell is amazing as Santa. But the second one is absolute trash. Um, so yeah, strange thing for Chris Columbus to put his pen to there. But obviously, The Goonies, absolute classic. Christmas with the Cranks is not one. I was of my gonna favorites. say, I did not realize. So yesterday, sorry, just to interrupt you real quick. I, so we watched Christmas with the Cranks, right? Uh, yesterday and then I was like okay I guess I'm just gonna watch Gremlins next and then that was made by Chris Columbus so I was like oh. what this is weird it was that just like a random like feature. coincidence I did the same thing with Bob Clark actually I watched Black Christmas and then I watched Christmas Story and I was like oh shit it's by the same person <laughs> oh that's yeah. a weird I did not know that at all yeah two completely different movies yeah <laughs> yeah wow I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm very shocked you didn't know that, Ryan. 80s pop culture trivia there. Well, I've heard Horror the and... <laughs> I guess just at separate times I've just heard the name and didn't realize it was the same guy. Yeah, the same guy. Um, but I'm surprised that uh, you're not mentioning that Chris Columbus did Home Alone 1 and 2 and 3 Harry Potter movies. Did he write them? Uh, no, Hugh, John Hughes wrote 1 and 2. Ah, uh, right, so that... One and two. But That's why uh, I was just looking at the IMDb for like writer. So okay, gotcha, gotcha. That's why. Um, those are some of your faves, so. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Um, so this one is directed by Joe Dante. He did The Burbs, Small Soldiers, The Twilight Zone movie, The Howling, and the 1978 Piranha. Um, right. I did not like The Burbs. Oh. <laughs> What? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna have to agree with you there, Ashley. Like, I know it's like, it's a pretty uncool thing to say that you don't like the Burbs because, like, everyone loves the Burbs. Um, but I just love comedic Tom Hanks. I love that air of Tom Hanks being. He was funny, just such a jerk in a that comedy. movie. Oh yeah, well, and I just yeah, couldn't, I couldn't get past it. I was like, this is, he, they just made him too, like, too much of an asshole. Well, I have a soft spot for him, like, doing comedy. Like, I love him when he hosts SNL. 
uh, and Dragnet is a guilty pleasure of mine, the movie that he did with Dan Aykroyd. It's a terrible movie, but I just, I think he's great in it. But yeah, I, I like liked watching Dragnet comedy. whenever I was younger, the show. <laughs> I think we this can all like, agree on that yeah. Big is amazing. I've never seen Tom it. Hanks. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, yeah. Come on, Ashley. I've never had a desire to see it. I'm not a huge Tom Hanks fan. Although, you know what, like rewatching Big, like recently, there's some questionable stuff in that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When you start <laughs> like, to apply, like, real... <laughs> I could do a whole podcast on Big. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, all right. And then just the after effects, like, okay, so what happens <laughs> to that guy after the movie where he goes back to being a kid and he's had all these experiences? <laughs> Yeah, but like watching that as like a, a young person, it was like the most fun movie ever. We loved oh, yeah. it. I, you wanted to have his his uh, his apartment was amazing. I oh still yeah, want to have his apartment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lean inside my place, sure. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> um. Yeah. So written and directed by two very prestigious people in the film industry, and um, the synopsis is as follows. A young man inadvertently breaks three important rules concerning his new pet and unleashes a horde of male- I can't say that word malevolent malevolently mischievous monsters on a small town. Oh, got an alliteration in that. <laughs> so Ryan, <laughs> do you have some trivia for us for this movie? Uh yeah, I got a ton here. Um <laughs> Back to when you were saying it was released on June 8th, 1984. Um, this is just crazy to me. It was released on the same exact day as Ghostbusters. What? what? Yeah. Oh, fuck. See, this is what I, I was doing. I was trying to do a bit of research. I know I said, like, I'd let you do the trivia. But when I found out that it was released in June, I was like, I've got to find out why this happened. Because it's clearly a Christmas movie. And I thought, okay, well, maybe they pushed it forward because there was another big Christmas movie that came out in December. But there wasn't. So in 1984, in December, it was only June that came out that was like a big movie, right? Like, yeah, I... the, in the rest of that year, these movies came out, which is amazing to me that all these came out in the same year. The Neverending Story, 16 Candles, A Nightmare on Elm Street, The Terminator, Beverly Hills Cop, Children of the Corn, Ghostbusters, Friday the 13th Part 4, Splash, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and Footloose. Golly, yeah. that was a year <laughs> for movies. <laughs> so those are every single one of those are classics. So why I mean, why on earth did they release this on the same day as Ghostbusters? Yeah, I have no idea. And, well, and also to go along with that, they um, Ghostbusters uh, outperformed it, of course, except for mm. in New York. They said. Because people were still mad at Ghostbusters for like closing down their streets, <laughs> so they like purposely. Typical New Yorkers. I know. Yeah. Hey, I'm walking here. That movie. <laughs> they, I couldn't get to work. I had to go an alternate route for a whole summer or whatever. So that does yeah. sound like it would be miserable. I'd be mad too. <laughs> I just love the fact they boycotted it because of that. Well, yeah. I mean, that's according to Joe Dante. I don't really know, but he, yeah. <laughs> I can. I got a whole bunch of different stuff about all the cast members here. Um, can skip all that for a little bit now. Um, the movie was a lot more violent at first, um, but they made it more family friendly. Um, apparently, the mom's head was supposed to get decapitated and fall down the stairs. Oh, 
and they were gonna eat the dog. Oh no! Oh, I I would have not watched the rest of the film. <laughs> I know, that. me neither. You are joking. Um, the uh, death of the science teacher was supposed to be a lot more violent. Um, mm. They were supposed to find him lying on the floor uh, with, you know, he just has the one needle in his butt. Um, mm. But he was supposed to have a whole bunch stabbed into his face, I guess, kind of maybe like Pinhead. Um, oh, and that reminds this... me a little bit of um, a death in the Chucky TV series with all the needles in the hospital. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's supposed to have his face scratched up and have his eyes be like wide open and bloodshot, like just like a terrifying death. And instead of just like. <laughs> Let's just have his head. I think his head's under the desk, isn't it? Right? Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't even that's see what, what necessarily. That's what happens. they um they tend to do that, don't they? You know, like if they're showing like a dead body, they'll have like the head sort of obscured with an an object. You know, if they're trying to make it like PG thirteen yeah. or whatever, there must be like a rule that I think they did that on the Wednesday TV series actually. Like at the start, you know, there's like dead bodies in the woods. I think they just like showed like the legs. You don't, you know, you don't see like mm-hmm. the yeah. top body. Must be like a rule there. Um, well, to go along with that PG thirteen thing, this is um, so this and Temple of Doom uh, both came out as PG and kind of helped establish the whole PG thirteen rating because mm. when they came out, they're like, oh, these aren't violent and you know, obviously there's no sexual situations, not any swear. But uh, they needed something in between PG and R, so they started to come up with the whole PG-13 rating because of uh, this movie and Temple of Doom. Ah, so it created the uh, the middle ground, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Now, I don't know what it did overseas because I don't. I don't. I still don't understand your rating system. I don't understand it either. <laughs> <laughs> it will. It will be. Um, it's a 15 over here, actually. Uh, which is a, a weird one because we have so we've got you which is universal so that's like movie suitable for anyone we've got 12 um which you either have to be over 12 under 12 then you've got to go with an adult and then we've got 15 which is you have to be over 15 under no circumstances anyone younger can watch it 18 same thing you've got to be 18 no one under that age can watch it and uh, this is a 15 yeah, yeah. weird all right. Um, this is because it, it is, oh, sorry, sorry, like get going into this a little bit now. I know we're jumping the gun a bit, but what was this film originally meant to be? Was it meant to be a, a straight up horror, but they sort of tamed it down to sort of appeal I to think, children, like a family yeah, film? Um, so, well, on that note, I'll go ahead and say that. Uh, so, Gizmo um, was when. Uh, you know, get he's supposed to get fed after midnight, and then there mm. was no stripe in the original. He changes into the evil gremlin. Oh, right, okay. So the whole idea of Gizmo being with him the rest of the movie and riding around in his backpack that was kind of created. I maybe after they started filming or really late in the process. But the original script had him changing to the, be the evil one and creating all the evil ones. And Billy didn't have a little friend. Interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah that, it could have been a very, very different movie. I think they realized they had the cuteness of Gizmo. And so they, like, uh, worked around that and put him in it more and had him be kind of the hero. And, yeah. You know, uh, to make it more family friendly, they kind of realized what they had. Um, I see. I see. Yeah. Also, at the uh, at the end, 
um, when they kill Stripe and Gizmo's the one that, you know, launches himself and pulls that uh, shade open. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gizmo is supposed to do, I think, the first one. And then Billy, who's like kind of cowering behind some potted plants in the in the version that we see, he's supposed to have like leapt over those potted plants and like grabbed another curtain and pulled that open. So it's supposed <laughs> to be like a tag team thing of the two of them <laughs> doing it. But I guess it was Spielberg goes, no, your Gizmo's your hero. Make Gizmo yeah. be the hero. Oh yeah, Gizmo. And so on the commentary track, uh, Zach Galligan or whatever is just like. I just feel like I've just been ring- he's he's on his biggest complaint about both movies is that he doesn't get to give the final blow and he's just cowering <laughs> behind some plants while Gizmo saves the day. I love that. Um so uh Mrs. Deagle, uh she's the rich lady that goes flying off of the chair. <laughs> um, that lady her, Yeah. Her uh cats, I don't know if you guys caught this, all have uh, currency names because she's all into money. She's like an Ebenezer Scrooge kind of character. Uh, but her cats are named Kopeck, Rugal, Peso, Drachma, and Dollar Bill. Oh my god! So I didn't. I didn't notice that. I didn't that notice funny. that idiot. <laughs> That's weird. Um. So did you guys see the two cameos when? Well, I don't know what you consider necessarily a cameo, but when he's in the phone booth talking to his wife. Uh, at the science fair or whatever. Or the yeah. Avengers convention. So the guy that drives by like in a little bicycle car kind of contraption thing, that's uh, Steven Spielberg. Oh, oh nice. Right. Goes in front of him. Uh, and then the guy behind him with like a cowboy hat on is Jerry Goldsmith, who did all the music for the movie. Oh, that's cool. So they just had him stand in. That's cute. I like that. Yeah. Uh, and then also in the background, you see a... a the H.G. Uh, Wells's time machine. Yes, that was. It's in the background. Such a good, like little. <laughs> yeah. I loved that. So, scene. so that's there, and then they cut back to the mom, and then when they cut back to the convention, the time machine's gone. Like it just actually, like it actually worked <laughs> and went somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> that's really clever. But uh, oh, Chuck Jones. Do you guys know who that is? No. Mm-mm. So he's a famous Warner Brothers animator. Um, obviously this movie has a lot of like Looney Tunes style elements because Joe Dante's a big fan. Um, I think he went on to do that, um, Brendan Fraser Looney Tunes movie, didn't he? The one with, uh, with Dharma. Oh, I have not seen that. (laughs) I haven't seen it either, but I I know he's like, he's influenced by a lot of Looney Tunes stuff. But anyway, Chuck Jones is a famous Looney Tunes animator. He, uh, created the Roadrunner and the Coyote, um, and had his hand in a lot of the other characters and stuff. Uh, he has a cameo as well when Billy's at the bar uh, drawing that um, picture of Deagle as like a dragon, a big evil dragon. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I know what yeah. you're talking about. So Chuck Jones is the guy that says, that old bat never looked better. That's him like kind of mentoring Billy. And so he's an animator and is encouraging oh, Billy. Oh, I see. Animation. Wow. Cool there. Yeah. Um, then the other thing, uh, I'll just go ahead and say that uh, Mushroom, the dog, uh, who played Barney? Uh, his acting is probably, I think it's some of the best acting in the movie. And part 100%, 100% can agree more. <laughs> uh, part of the reason for that is he kind of thought the gremlins were real. Oh, like, poor baby. Like, he's he was trying traumatized. to like, get it, Gizmo. And, you know, he's, yeah. 
I think I mean he gets hit by a car and some part yeah. a sports car and yeah. Yeah, so, he does. Um, I think he has the best acting in the movie. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Definitely. Alright, yeah, we can go on and talk about the movie there. I've just got one little out. one little piece of trivia to add. So we mentioned it earlier how this is quite clearly a Christmas movie, but it was released in summer for some reason. And I can't figure this out. If anyone knows the reasoning behind this, like let us know. <laughs> but it obviously wasn't marketed as a Christmas movie because it was released in the summer. So all the posters and the promo stuff like contains no Christmas imagery at all. Like if you look back, like there's no hints to anything like it being a Christmas movie. Um, it wasn't actually until 2008 when they re-released it on DVD double pack containing Gremlins 1 and 2 that they actually updated the artwork and they put a little Santa hat on Gizmo. Um, oh, okay. Aside from that, there's like no original artwork, uh, you know, VHS, DVD or posters that are Christmassy at all. Well, wow. with, with the marketing there with the original trailer, um, you hardly see any Gremlins at all. I don't even think you see Gizmo at all. You might see his, like, his hands or something. Um, mm. It's kind of marketed like, you know, because back then, um, I don't even think Joe Dante gets recognition in that because it's all Steven Spielberg presents because he produced mm. it. Uh, they're trying to market it like an E.T. movie if you watch the trailer. Mm. Like, kind oh, of like weird. a mystical creature and you don't know like what's going on. Um, I think it's good that they don't show the Gremlins, though. I think that'd be kind of cool to you know be surprised by them the first time you see them. Yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, trailers these days, they show way too much. It's almost right. like spoiled before you've even seen it. So yeah, I like that they sure. held, held back there. But it is a really weird decision, the whole marketing campaign behind this movie. Um, right. Whether that paid off or not, I, I don't know. But, um, I mean, I was thinking about, like, the, the premise of the movie and stuff. I mean, yes, it is a Christmas movie because it's set at Christmas. And there is a few scenes, like the Christmas Carol in one and when the tree falls on her. And stuff like that that is Christmas based. And the fact that he gets like Gizmo as a present. But I was thinking that could easily have been like a birthday present. Like the movie and the story didn't actually have to be set at Christmas. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, so it's a, it's a weird one. Uh, I guess it's the same way that Die Hard's a Christmas movie. It's just set at Christmas. Um, right. So let's let's dive into it then without any further ado. Let's talk about initial thoughts and our personal history with the movie. Um, so we'll let you go first, Ryan. Uh, not only because you're the guest, but because you've just recently rewatched it in a very special way, right? Um, yeah. So tell me about, let's go back first. Tell me about when you first saw it, what did you think of it? And then the story behind your most recent rewatch and what you think of it now. Uh, so I don't necessarily remember the very first time I saw it. I definitely remember, um, probably seeing it at like age five or six, uh, cause I'm old and, uh, I was, I guess three when the movie came out. And so I probably first saw it on VHS. Nice. Um, I, I didn't see it in theater. And, um, I definitely remember uh, Mr. Hansen laying there with the shot in his butt. Uh, that's like etched into my memory as a five-year-old. Remember seeing that and being terrified by that. Um, but uh, yeah, I definitely saw it a lot as a, you know, as a really little kid. Um, I don't remember ever being like scared by it necessarily. I just kind of found it fun. I was always fascinated by like you know, the puppetry and the special effects in it, I guess. 
Um, and then since then, I have seen it in theaters. I'm trying to remember how many times. Um, there's a local movie theater around here that shows like a bunch of independent films and midnight movies and stuff like that uh, called The Bell Court. And I definitely saw it there at least once. I think maybe even twice um, when they played it there. Uh, but this most recent one that you're talking about, so um, the band Newfound Glory, uh, the guitarist, uh, Chad Gilbert, uh, lives in my hometown, the town I grew up in, just south of Nashville. Uh, and he puts on um, events with a group that he calls the Movie Gang, uh, where he does kind of special events of all these retro movies. Um, it's done, uh, just looking at my wall here, because I have some posters up uh, from them. Uh, he did Temple of Doom. He did Back to the Future, Wayne's World, uh, Mean Girls. That sounds uh, so awesome. Home Alone. Um, so they just kind of have like uh, the doors open and for the first hour they have some kind of event um, like they did. Um, is it Karate Kid where they did? Uh, they had like a whole karate demonstration, but I don't think it was with Karate Kid. It was maybe some other like Kung Fu movie. Uh, but with Gremlins here, they did um, kind of a raffle where they gave away some of the NECA figures, the little oh, Gremlins. Nice. Uh, figures. Um, I love NECA. And it was it was super cute because his daughter, um, who's probably like three years old, was dressed as Gizmo. <laughs> and she went up there and like started handing out the presents to everybody who won the raffle. It was really awesome. <laughs> she uh, was kind of afraid to give them to the men that won, but she was very friendly to all the girls. And Chad's like, oh, I like this. <laughs> <laughs> He's, she's not so eager to go talk to the guys. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, it's funny to do that. And then um, during the movie, they'll do occasionally they'll do something with the lights, like during a pivotal scene. So like when the gremlins are transforming and they have all the cocoons, they like flash the lights in the theater and make it all special effects. <laughs> That's um, so cool. But it's kind of cool, you know. Like I definitely listened to a lot of Newfound Glory and uh, in college, and so just to have the guitarist like know me and I talk to him every time I go to one of these events, like you know, every couple months, it's just kind of crazy. Um, so cool. really I'm a event. huge new fan glory fan as well. So I would absolutely die to go to one of these. <laughs> I'd love it. Yeah. Um, you dress up as um, Billy, right? You, you do Billy cosplay. Well, yeah. So I had that as a Halloween costume a while back. Um, the puppet is pretty much the whole main part of it. I think if I didn't have that, it would be kind of lost on everybody. Uh, <laughs> but I bought the uh, striped puppet from Trick or Treat Studios. Um, nice. And kind of rigged up a whole thing. Um, I think I believe you guys posted it on your, you reposted it on Instagram yeah. there. But um, I kind of made a fake hand and then have my hand move the puppet. I got like an old jacket, you know, like a red jacket. It's obviously not the same jacket, you know, I'm not that gung ho about getting the exact <laughs> costume. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I have a striped puppet and a fake hand, so you can't, you know, tell that I'm operating the puppet when you first look at me. And you wear a curly uh, wig. Yeah, black curly wig. Um, it looks really good. It's it, it's a great cosplay. Like it's in, instantly recognizable. You know, you've well, even gone I so really far like... to get like the bandage on the hand with the blood on. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. I think I kind of did that also to help disguise that it's a fake hand. <laughs> that <looks> awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it works really well. It's really cool. And you have a little friend that dresses up as Gizmo as well, right? 
Uh, yeah, so my good friends, um, I worked with both of them back in the day. Um, Ray and Travis, their daughter, Ramona, is five. And uh, Beetlejuice and Gremlins are like her favorite movies. That's what's up. Um, and uh, so she has a little gizmo costume that she was wearing. Um, and she just absolutely loves the movie. Um, I sent you a video. I'm not yeah. too comfortable for you guys to like post that, but um, oh no, no, because it's not my you kid. Just, <laughs> you can just tell her. You can just tell everyone what she says because it's adorable. Yeah. But she like looked at me. Uh, so she carries around. Um, I think she has now three little gizmo stuffed animals. She has the one <laughs> that sings the song, and she ah. has two other ones. One of them fell in the toilet, and her mom had to wash it. <laughs> the ear broke off. Uh, but she has three of them, so one of them she considers gizmo, and the other one she says is stripe before he transforms. And she, calls them, the, she calls them the boys. <laughs> uh, but so she'll carry them around. She'll sing the little song that Gizmo sings. And um, but during the movie, she like looks at me like during that kitchen scene, which we have to talk about. But uh, she looks and she's like, that one's me. I'm the one that goes into the blender. <laughs> she's like saying, what? That's the. She says that she's the the gremlin that goes into the blender and dies. <laughs> what? Did she call them the naughty gremlins? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, maybe. Oh my <laughs> but... god, that's so cute. <laughs> yeah, that's adorable. That that's so cool that you got to have that experience recently as well, though. Yeah, and then I just kind of looking back and I was like, oh, I guess this was the same age that I first watched it. You know, I didn't I didn't have a costume and dress up or anything, but I definitely <laughs> I think I first saw it when I was her age. That's so cool. So yeah. it remains, would you say one of your favorites, one of your favorite Christmas movies or just films of all time or? Uh, I like Die Hard better. Maybe Home Alone better. Um, but being Jewish, I don't really have too many Christmas movies that I love. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I put this up there and this is probably in my top 10. Um, of, nice. all, of all movies, yeah. And um, what about you, Ashley? What's your relationship um, with Gremlins? I only recently watched this. Like, I think it was last year, to be honest. Um, yeah, sa- same for me. But I was like, oh, dang, why did I miss out on this? Because <laughs> uh, I, I like movies like this. I like the silliness and the goofiness. But then I also like the horror ele- element of it. So, but... Yeah, last year I just decided to watch it, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was cute. Yeah, I mean, same for me, weirdly. Um, I don't even think we planned on watching it on the same year, did we? <laughs> we no, just, I don't just think happened. so. But, um, yeah, I've only seen it once before, literally last Christmas. Uh, but, of course, I've always been aware of it because it's a huge pop culture yeah, thing. Yeah, me too. Uh, um, I just never got around to watching it for whatever reason. Um, so... I've got absolutely no attachment to it at all. Um, and I'm actually not that fond of it. So I'm going to like take a back we seat know. on this episode. Yeah, <laughs> just, we like, know. I'm just let like you I said, we it. were talking last night. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we'll, we'll get stuck in. And so where do we want to start? Should we talk about highlights? Should we talk about scenes? At the top of my list for highlights, I've got Mogwai slash Gizmo. Like he's obviously the highlight of this movie for me at least <laughs> i mean gizmo walked so grogu could run right right like he's <laughs> i know he's nothing this... about that so yeah so grogu, grogu is basically just space space gizmo star wars gizmo. baby yoda it's the same thing baby, yeah, baby yoda, yoda. Yeah. okay we found out his real name 
so he's he's called Grogu, but yeah. Um, but yeah, Gizmo. Uh, just I mean, he's got to be one of the all-time great creatures from a movie. He's just cute as fuck. I love his little song, and just the the creature design and the practical effects for him is just so good. I yeah. want one. <laughs> he's so cute. He's pretty adorable. Uh, the only thing is, the only issue I have is that. The creepy him like saying actual words just oh no i love that when he's learning that messes how to me speak. up well okay i have such a weird thing against like human characteristics and animals it just <laughs> it freaks me out <laughs> parrot i bet that... you hate disney films because all the animals talk in there well that's different but I'm talking about like real life animal. Well, I mean, I know Gizmo's not a real life animal, but <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> like parrots freak me out because they can oh, say like human parrots words. Parrots are weird. So my mother-in-law has got a couple of parrots, and whenever we go around to hers, the parrots literally do her voice, and it is so fucking weird. Exactly. That's <laughs> terrifying. Like, like, like they sound more like her. They have like an. They can. Literally imitate her voice. Like you'd think it was her talking, oh but it's God, the parrot. Die. And they repeat things that she says. Like yeah, um, like she calls her son like all the time. So you, the parrot will just go John, John, like in her voice. <laughs> it's just so weird. But it's not parrot-like at all because I feel like no, you could tell. No, honestly, that's, like parrots can freaking. imitate voices, and I don't understand how that works. Like, how oh, that work? I hate it. <laughs> Um, and then, like, gorillas, like, being able gorilla. to do sign language and stuff. And... Oh, I thought you were going to say gorilla could talk. I was like, what, have I missed something? <laughs> well, Coco, the gorilla that did sign language. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, we've got off the rails already. Um, also, I love Barney the dog, obviously. Oh, um, Barney. He was real so name good. Mushroom. When he got stuck in the Christmas light, or when he got put in the Christmas light, <laughs> I felt so sad for him. <laughs> I mean, Ryan mentioned it before, but he is obviously the best actor in this movie. Oh, for like, sure. even Stephen King said that on the commentary. Um, but yeah, he's one of my favorite movie dogs of all time. Like, I love movie dogs, and like, he is up there with he's, like. He's definitely Max up there with the. the... Which one? Mac from the Grinch, you know the Jim Carrey Grinch movie. Oh, I, I don't love like that. that movie. Um, the one from which Friday was Friday the Thirteenth? Was it where he jumps out the window? Um, oh, is it George from Part Four? Is it? Yeah, <laughs> him. He's, he's like, like, I'm getting the fuck out. He's like, Toodaloo. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I just I love Barney so much. Like any time he's on screen I, is my favorite moment in a film. So. <laughs> Um, other highlights, what have we got? What do we like about this movie? Um, um, I think just, I mean, it takes a while for the Gremlins to all show up. You know, it's kind of a slow build. Um, you know, it's only a 90 minute movie, and I think it's like 45 minutes maybe, and then just all hell breaks loose. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that kitchen scene, um, the mom just kicking ass is just I know, amazing. that mom was so awesome. Um, she's great. Um, yeah, that whole sequence that... is is really impressive. Like the way that she's just like annihilating them all, and then yeah. probably my favorite scene in the movie is when the gremlin appears behind her in the I like Christmas that scene tree. Too, but that's not my and, favorite scene. 
the eyes are just glowing red and it, it looks like Christmas lights in the tree and it just appears behind her. Yeah, I like that And scene then he too. jumps on her and the, the tree falls on her. Like, it's such a great, great scene. Like, Hold on, can we talk yeah. about that Christmas tree real quick? The Is one that how people actually decorate Christmas trees? It has, like, it just tinsel everywhere. Oh, that was very 80s, that. that. Yeah. Oh, that it's was... just, it looks, yeah. it looks like the Christmas tree that my niece helped me, um... <laughs> decorate and it's just chaos and i love it so i kept it <laughs> yeah that was very much an 80s thing wasn't it like the more tinsel the better like you'd literally just completely cover your tree in tinsel <laughs> which is ironic because we don't actually use tinsel on our tree at all now it's just boring, oh, i don't but... either i don't really like tinsel that much well i've got a nostalgic thing for tinsel because of that reason it just reminds me of being a kid <laughs> lots of tinsel I, I can't relate to any of this. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, of course. I'm sorry, right? <laughs> My apologies. I was waiting to hear your Christmas tree story. <laughs> um, no, but on that on that note with the mom, I don't know if I mentioned this. Did you guys know the other movies that she's in? She's just like an iconic mom. Um, the other. Did you recognize her from any other movies? No. No. So well, I'll start with the two that big deals for us um so she is kevin bacon's mom in footloose oh yeah i haven't seen that which i guess that. came out the same year mm. uh, oh wow uh and she's will wheaton's mom in stand by me I oh, okay that big of a role she is just kind of in it for a little bit um great movie so the big one for me is she is um leah thompson's mom in back to the future Mm. so oh, when marty's cool. at that dinner scene with his mom and the whole family uh the kid from the wonder years and all that the mom you know she's like oh marty do i know your yeah. mother and all that uh same <laughs> actress there uh, uh that was the next year so it was 85 so right after gremlin she went to so that she was just bam 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 i'm an awesome mom right but this one i thought you guys would maybe know this one she is in a movie we talked about earlier she is tatum and dewey's mom in scream Oh my god! I oh, there's no it. way I would have recognized her. <laughs> she only appears in like one scene, yeah. isn't she? Right. Yeah, when she's sleeping over there, and she's like, mm. I think she's like, Sydney, you have a phone call or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm oh, I'm terrible so with recognizing actors and stuff like that. I just think like I mean that's a crazy resume to me. Those are some great yeah. movies, and but yeah, her scene's amazing. Just that kitchen. I mean, she just stabs him with a knife and just you know she's not that it's quite shocking up. actually like because we don't actually really see much well in fact there's nothing like that until that point it's pretty much a tame movie yeah and exactly then, like, she starts like putting them in the microwave and the blender and they start exploding green blood everywhere and it's like whoa this is not a kid's movie anymore <laughs> like it kind of right. takes off on that point but that uh that's one of the best music cues i think is when she comes up there and sees all the eggs or cocoons or whatever you want to call them mm -hmm. and it's just immediately that do you hear what i hear? oh just mm. perfect like i just love that they're just fucking with her <laughs> yeah i know those little record. bastards <laughs> <laughs> it's like they know that that would just freak her out and they're like oh yeah yeah so i'm glad i'm glad she didn't get her head decapitated and thrown down yeah. the stairs i'm glad that she remained yeah Definitely, that would have been a real disservice to her performance as a character in that. Like, she is badass in it. She was just so calm. Me, I would have been freaking out. I would have been like, 
I would have burned the house down. If if my son was like, Mom, come up here. And there was all those things there. I'd be like, all right, everybody out. Burning the house. Right. <laughs> Bend it to the ground. <laughs> Just get a blowtorch like a yep. thing or something. <laughs> yep. I've got a note here that says um, that I love the cinematography in this. And the, like the colors and the snow and the Christmas lights. Just I love the way it looks. It's a really nice looking movie. Setting's really good. I love me a bit of 80s Americana suburbia. And obviously, I'm, I, can't, I can't believe I've mentioned this yet, but it's the same set as Back to the Future, the same street. Yeah, same f- filmed on the same back lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know that house that they were living in? It kind of looked like the Brady Bunch house, but I couldn't, like, quite tell. Um, or maybe it looks like it just looks like a familiar, like, uh, like a house think, that they've used before. I can't remember if they used that house. Like, I don't think in any of my research they said where the the neighborhood is from i mean it's that town square that is the same as back to the future but the uh, setting of the, the house itself they had to have they had to build it up on a platform so there's like 50 puppeteers underneath the house oh of course yeah that's right puppets, and they're all looking at monitors and stuff and um yeah so they're all buried underneath there um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's a so lost wild. art that now like I just love how, you know, they've managed to do that on certain things now, like the Mandalorian with a bit of puppeteering and stuff like that, and it pays off. But it's mostly just CGI now. You know, you just, it's so oh, lazy. Yeah. They just, and it doesn't ha- hold the same weight at all. And to be honest, it instantly takes me out of a movie. You know, like when you notice it's like a CGI creature or whatever, it's just like, oh, kind of takes you out of it. But they need well, to do more stuff like doing... this again. They're doing magic tricks. Like, uh, there's mm-hmm. a couple scenes that they're talking about in the commentary where, like, Billy's holding a gizmo, and he goes to set it down, and he puts it just out of frame. So he's mm-hmm. not really – and then the camera pans down a little bit, and the gizmo that's there already sitting on the counter has already been there. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So they're just switching it out to have one yeah. be there with the wires. And you just – I don't know. I mean, I know, but, obviously, CGI takes a lot of work, but I just – I think nothing compares to having to build all these practical effects. Yeah, and, for sure. Yeah. Like that movie theater scene. Um, oh, I, that, if we're going to do favorite have, scenes, that's probably one of my favorite scenes. Oh, but the puppeteers, they had to have like, I mean, they're each operating three. Like, they, I think they said they had one like on their head. They like oh my God. have one balancing <laughs> on their head and they're holding two. And then they, I guess they optically put them in back in the day. They did opticals, uh, but they would splice in. You know, so they had the first four rows, and then they did another four rows in the back, and they combined all the footage. So you see, like, you know, row after row after row of Gremlin. Yeah. I love that. I just, I love those little movie tricks that they used to do. I just, I wish that there was more stuff like that, because it just feels so authentic, doesn't it? And there's so much work Mm -hmm. put into it like that. Um, But that, and then the, the bar scene is also just a wonder, like, I mean, all those Gremlins in there and all the gags they throw into there. You know, they have them playing poker and even going so far as have them cheat at poker. I know. They have, they have aces. Hilarious. Behind their ears. I just wanted to touch on the bar scene. Like, I know I don't want to bring up low lights yet, but and it's very controversial for me to say this, but that scene's probably one of my least favorite scenes in the movie. Mainly because why. Yeah. of the length. Like, it goes on for six minutes, which doesn't sound very long, but... When it's just six minutes of like no dialogue, no story, and it's just puppets and like a series of gags and like 
slapstick ramped up to 100. It's kind of like it didn't work for me. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, definitely works for me. I thought it would have worked better if it was maybe like spliced in between bits of story, you know, like going back and forth, you know, like showing what's going on at the bar and like the destruction that they're causing to the town and going back to Billy or whatever's going on, you know, like back and forth, I think it would have worked. But like as like one piece of, of a scene to me, it sort of it was a bit weird. I mean, I really I love don't get me wrong. I love the puppeteering in this and the practical effects. It's amazing. But I'm just looking at it watching a film it that's kind of slapped in there and it's like feels a bit weird um oh, i thought you're gonna say that you love phoebe cates because let's just say how beautiful and awesome she is but uh <laughs> I mean, she's, she's, she's okay but i mean i don't like a character in this at all <laughs> like she she doesn't have weird much of a character i do wish you saw her kick some ass too yeah um, yeah but, I, I mean, agree. she is Phoebe Cates, and she is in Fast Times of Ridgemont High, and that's, like, yeah, top-tier movie. <laughs> um, but I thought you were going to say, this is the big problem I have with the bar scene. Why is she serving them? That's what That was my problem, too. Um, like, I was like, it no, be, It would have made more sense if, like, one of the gremlins had, like, a gun pointed at her or something. Yeah. Like, you know, keep like, giving so us beer, you. But, yeah. Yeah. I'm just like... She's like, oh, I got to And is she like, is she making tips? Like, what? <laughs> Maybe she like was just to, too scared or something. I don't know. Trying to be like one part. of the cigarettes as well. It's like, no one's yeah. forcing you to do this. You could literally walk out the door, maybe. Yeah, run out the door. What are you doing? <laughs> She's like, oh. She's like, well, I am on the clock. On the ship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, she works there for free. I kind of love that though. I love that how crappy of a bar that is where I think the owner comes up to her and he's like, oh, these ones are on the house. And I just think that he's like such a nice guy that he's just such a pushover that he's not charging anybody for drinks at that bar. Yeah, for real. <laughs> like... Yeah, I just want to talk about what comes next after this bar scene. So like you get this weird like, um, you know, series of puppet gags and and pure comedy like rams up to 100 and then you get like straight into this like dead serious like horrifically dark monologue scene oh, about yeah, that, that part girl's wild. dad dying and it, it getting like stuck up a chimney on christmas I was like, <laughs> she, Whoa, like did she kill her own is... dad <laughs> what the fuck that, yeah i mean we'll, we'll touch on it in a bit i guess but i i have an issue with like the tone in in this and and this is what I mean by that. It's sort of like all over the place with the, with the tone. Um, weird pacing as well. I, I think that some of the editing choices are quite bizarre in it. Um, but I, I'll let you gush about it some more. <laughs> well, I feel like if that monologue was not in there, she'd have nothing as a character. She would yeah. literally just be the girlfriend. And that's mm-hmm. it. Because um, you don't see her do anything else. I mean, she literally is just there to like, straighten his clip-on tie and, <laughs> you know turn you know like oh you got you know picking what did she she picks something off of the sweater at the bar and she you know love and then you know walks him home or they walk she's basically his mom home. i was gonna say she's just there to groom yeah. and make sure he's clean right so i think that now that that monologue is obviously controversial and um they spielberg wanted to cut it because uh, he, you know, had a lot of say in the movie because he was producing it, and then, but he let Joe Dante keep it in, and then the studio kept asking them to cut it because they didn't mm. like it. They said it was too dark. 
Yeah, I, I think that should have been cut. To be fair. Yeah, I, just, I, I mean, it, it just weird. didn't. It didn't add or take away, or it took away more than it added. Yeah, anything. I mean, I know I'm going on about lowlights again, but certain characters in this movie sort of like appear and disappear and have a storyline and then they don't for no reason I was, like i agree with you i was gonna mention this yeah it's just i mean you get obviously her which she may as well not have been there and then you get the inventor dad um you get judge reinhold's character yeah Yet again he gets the shaft in this as he does in the santa claus like does this guy <laughs> ever get like justified screen time in anything like he's funny but have you seen in him these... in seinfeld yeah, no. He was Emmy nominated for Seinfeld. That's a great. Amazing. Right. Okay. Amazing. Okay. So I need to watch Seinfeld because that's probably one of the funniest guest star episodes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's a guest in it. Okay. Yeah. yeah I've never seen did. Seinfeld he, at all. He dates. He dates Elaine. Um, he's a close talker. Is, yeah, he's a close talker. He walks right up to you, like <laughs> nose to nose, and will talk to you and just. I don't, yeah, he's having regular conversation like inches from your face. Um, <laughs> but it's just, and he's just the happiest guy in the show too. Like, it is a great performance. I, I, I read that he was Emmy nominated. I'm like, of course he was because it's perfect. It's so good. It's so funny. I mean, it's definitely fun. Never mind. I'm not gonna get into that. But yeah, yeah. yeah um, like... I've only ever seen him in like little parts like this and the Santa Claus. And I'm like, I need to see more of this guy. He's funny, but he's never in. You know. It was a pretty big one in the 80s, I think. I mean, yeah. um, so he's in um, one of the first body switch movies with uh, Fred Savage called Vice Versa. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely an 80s movie. There's some like, I think it's like voodoo or something that makes them switch. <laughs> I'm not really sure. It's some weird <laughs> stuff. But, you know, Fred Savage is great and can obviously play like, so he's playing, you know, the adult and then Judge Reinhold's playing the kid. And uh, they definitely both do. It's not that great of a movie, but both of them obviously do a good job of playing opposite ages. Um, so he's really good in that. Um, yeah, but yeah, there's, there's say, a characters thing in this. Yeah, just uh, there's a lot there of a lo- loose ends. Scene. Uh, so around that whole bank thing, they come in and they discover the dead body of the bank president, who also just goes away. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So they discover him. He's laying there dead. Um, they had more of a story element with him where he had um, he was very punctual, and he got onto Billy about being late, and he had like a little stopwatch or something. So he's covered in like clocks and timepieces and like you know <laughs> random bank paraphernalia when he's dead laying there. Um, but then they hear noise in the bank vault. They open up the vault, and Judge Reinhold is in the vault, uh, hiding from the gremlins. And he he greets Billy by calling him, like, Captain Clip-On. Uh, but he's just obviously kind of gone mad because the gremlins have terrorized him so much. So he's hiding in the vault. See, that and... would have been okay, but I mean... Yeah. Uh, well, at least it would give him some closure, because like you said, he goes away. He's like yeah. a rival for Billy. You know, he's hitting on Phoebe Gates. <laughs> And then what happens to you? Don't even see him once the yeah. gremlins appear. He's gone. Um, yeah. Same thing with uh, Corey Feldman. Yeah, I was that. gonna say. I was like, no, wait a second. I thought, let's. Yeah, that's so wild. It's like, yeah. uh, it's like he spilled. I mean, he's Corey Feldman's the one who fucks everything up. He's the one who spills <laughs> the water. <laughs> and then he's like, bye, out of here. Um, yeah. 
you see him, he's getting um, like terrorized at his window as well isn't he yeah you do have that one scene which i think judge reinhold at least deserved like he needed to have a scene where he's being terrorized by gremlins i feel like uh so you do get that little bit um i read some trivia about Corey feldman's character i guess you know back then everything had a novelization of the movie you know you mm-hmm. had those little paperback books that were like novelizations of the movie and apparently Corey feldman's character is so uh distraught over uh having his science teacher be killed he feels responsible that he like runs away from home and leaves town <laughs> what the fuck? that's dramatic <laughs> so he's like oh mr hansen it's all my fault but he's just gone um, i think yeah, that no. like i i mean i don't really like Corey feldman um yeah. but I kind of feel like it maybe would have worked a bit more if, like, Billy had had him as, like, a little sidekick during this as well. Like, to, I don't know, just to make it a bit more interesting. Um, well, also on that note, how, why are there such a difference in their ages? I still don't know that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Corey Feldman is renowned for uh, befriending older men, right? Uh... I mean, not in, re- no, 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 I'm not talking about in real life, but, I mean, I guess that's true also, but... In um, Friday Thirteenth, I as thought well. you were making a really, really mean, horrible joke, dude. Like, you know Michael I fucking Jackson. love Michael Jackson. You know I love him to bits. I would never make a joke about Jacko. But I guess so. How old do you guys think Billy is? Because there's debate about it. I, I think he's definitely a teenager, but I don't think he's in school anymore. Well, I was gonna say I'm pretty sure he's got to be at least eighteen, right? He's working at a bank. Yeah. So. I think I read somewhere that he originally was supposed to be like 13, 14, and then they aged him up. And then, but they didn't age up the other character. So he's still <laughs> hanging out with them. I mean, yeah, that, I don't know. I mean, there's definitely a lot of inconsistencies, but I mean, what are you going to expect from a movie about these things that you don't even know where they're from at all? Don't give them backstory yeah. or anything, really. And well, then also to go that age, like, when the mom attacks the stocking, she thinks the gremlin's in there, and instead it's a toy robot? Yeah. yeah. Way too old to be in. <laughs> Yeah, and as I well, mean, like... I have collectible toys myself, and I'm in my 40s, but that toy <laughs> robot is not for an 18-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> and as well, like, the dad's, like, looking for a present for his son, when really he's just sort of, like, working and trying to do, like, sales pitches and sell people stuff whilst doing that at the same time but like the fact that he's like going into a a weird like what is that shop like he's looking in like a weird shop for his his son's present like so he's he's in chinatown um there is a deleted scene too um and that's why they added the narration uh where he's like going to a couple other shops beforehand so he's just going around all through chinatown looking for a gift because what a seedy place to shop for your son's present for Christmas. Like That's what yeah. I was thinking. I was like, and then the <laughs> fact that he's find? like, I'll just give you $200 for this creature I've never seen before. Yeah. <laughs> and I also love the fact that when, when they get it and like the family pull it out and they meet Gizmo, there's no like question of like, what the fuck is this thing? And they I just know. kind of look at it like it's a hamster or something regular, you know, like, oh, this is cool. It's like, come on, like, this is not normal. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> um, also, that, just to go with that scene, there's a, uh, that obviously is tonally a little, <laughs> little racist. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's very, think, very 80s. 
do they have a gong playing or is that in the second one? <laughs> not I think sure. there might I think there might be a gong playing and it's just like that whole mystical Chinese man. <laughs> yeah. Thing, that whole trope has kind of gone away, thankfully. You know what I need to see? I need to see um Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. Oh, that movie is Is that problematic as well or? Um, a little bit, except Kurt Russell is played, like, once you realize, like, oh, he's not supposed to be, he's kind of the comic relief idiot, but he's also the main character. Mm. Very interesting. <laughs> um, uh, but touching on the foreign stuff, though, like, this movie kind of says, like, it, the message is, like, foreign stuff is bad. Right? I know, like, 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 I kept going on about the... <laughs> obviously, like, Mogwai is from Chinatown. And it's painting like Chinese people out to be like bad news. And then there's that neighbor that like it has like a hatred, like a consuming hatred for all foreign things. No, and that's a thing. About, like, that's non-stop. a real thing. He's like, that's not, he's like, that's oh, yeah. not just an Amer- 80s thing. That's that's a real thing here. <laughs> American cars are the best and all that foreign crap. And to be honest, though, I do tend to agree with him there. Like Ford cars are great and all the French ones I've had are terrible. But that. <laughs> Uh, and the fact that he's like um he, he eventually gets attacked by the gremlin and he's like there's a real gremlin in my cab um <laughs> so you you sent me a little video a looney tunes cartoon about gremlins so that was the thing that originated in that cartoon right uh well in world war Two, they said when i guess whenever their planes would have malfunctions or whatever they mm-hmm. would say it was a gremlin and then the yeah that cartoon that Bugs Bunny cartoon called something I had it written down something hair um, yeah there's a little creature doesn't look at all like a mogwai or a gremlin it's also it looks more like a little space creature kind of um, yeah terrorizes Bugs Bunny beats him up um, but uh, yeah and there's the gremlin from the Twilight Zone the famous Twilight Zone episode with William Shatner that's right. a gremlin on the airplane. Yeah, that was apparently and also, um, on the side of the bus. Oh, oh yeah, in the Simpsons. That's a great, great episode. That is such a fantastic episode. More recent one as well. Uh, Shadow in the Cloud with Chloe oh, Grace. That was such a weird movie. <laughs> Have you seen that, Ryan? Shifts in tones. Yeah, that one is. <laughs> that I love that. starts off, you're like, where's this going? I and know. Like, it's like this monster. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> that's yeah. a movie that surprised me. Like, and there was no explanation. <laughs> Yeah. First off, it's like like a character-driven like drama where it's like literally just focused on her in, in like a cockpit or whatever, and then it ends like being something completely different. Yeah, <laughs> I cra- recommend it. I probably shouldn't have. I kind of spoiled a little bit from telling people, but it's still great. That's alright. Yeah, it's definitely worth a watch. It's on Amazon if you want to check it out. Anyone. Um, but yeah, that is another Gremlins movie, I guess. But so yeah, they took the concept of the whole gremlins electrical gremlins in the system and sort of ran with it in this like this was the main gag of the movie you know gremlins causing electrical problems and that kind of falls a bit flat for me because i don't think there was enough going on apart from that it was like half-baked gags and just unfinished plot and just kind of like didn't work for me do do you know what i mean it all kind of felt a bit shoehorned and patched together I think, yeah, my biggest complaint definitely would be all the loose ends that don't get tied up. Like, you know, you do have characters, like I said, like Feldman and Judge Reinhold. Um, Yeah, just a lot of stuff. You know, you don't check back in with certain people like, okay, well, where'd they go? What happened to them? 
Like, do they show, do those cops die do they, when the car flips over? Are they dead? <laughs> what happens to Who them? Knows? Uh, I mean, yeah, a lot of loose ends, but I do, I, I don't want a, a two and a half hour gremlin movie. 90 minutes is perfect. Yeah. Me. I mean, this was an hour and 45 minutes long. And yeah. to me, this feels really long. Like, it's it's longer than Pearl, actually. Like, I know you said that Pearl was too long. But oh, Pearl's, God. Pearl's actually shorter than this. It's like an average length of movie. If Literally, if it was just a the last, like, seven minutes, eight minutes of the film, I would have been fine. That could have been the film right there. <laughs> well, you, you've got X. That's basically that. So, <laughs> But anyway, <sighs> digressing. Uh, I don't know. I guess while we're on the lowlights, let me have a look at my lowlights. Uh, okay, so I've got comedy, slapstick. I know um, Filmhouse hates it when I call this slapstick, but it is, right? Like, the, the oh, dad's well, inventions... It's inspired by Looney Tunes, a lot of it. Like, yeah. like I said, Dante is very, you know, Looney Tunes fan, big Looney Tunes fan, and yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, so you didn't like the the bathroom buddy? No, not at all. Where he's like shooting so, the foam at him and stuff. I just, oh, I hate shit like that. I so love it. Like- I just, I love it because it's just chaos, and that's one of my oh, favorite I chaos. It's one of my favorite things in the whole world is just chaos. I love, sometimes I like feed off of it and it just makes me so That's because you are Charlie Chaplin. Like, you know. (laughs) I was going to, I told Kevin yesterday, I was like, oh, I'm so much like the gremlins. Anywhere I go, I just destroy everything. (laughs) But this Um, is the thing about this movie. It's like the big issue I have with it is like the tone and just how uneven it is. Like, it's very similar to how I feel about Poltergeist. You know, I didn't see that growing up either. You know, I, I expected it to be a horror movie and I ended up getting an 80s comedy that I have no nostalgic attachment to. So it just doesn't work for me. Like, that, you know, it's just not, it's just not my bag. It's not my, not my vibe. <laughs> um, I also really dislike Billy as well. I'm sorry, Ryan, but... No, no, I agree. Like um... his character or his acting... No, I thought he was cute, I, so, I mean, I thought he was just, like, a little boy, just cute, and I don't know, I liked him. He, um, so, I forgot to mention this, is that with one of the times that I wore the costume, I did get to meet him at a convention, uh, where I Oh, you did, P- yeah. PJ Souls and, um, oh, what's it, the most recent, uh, guy that played Michael Myers, who's James name escapes me right now. Yeah, met the three of them, uh, at two years ago, uh, not this past summer, but the summer before. Uh, Zach was very just, you know, he complimented me on my costume, uh, said something like, oh, there's a lot of Pelter cosplay or whatever. Um, Just very quiet and calm. And I mean, he hasn't done too much else besides Gremlins. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I do kind of wonder, so the original casting, they did say that the only other person that kind of came close was Emilio Estevez. I don't, and I don't know if that would be... Um, that would have been okay. He's in... Uh, he's Charlie Sheen's brother. He's in Mighty he's Ducks. In, yeah, Mighty Ducks. There you go. That's what you would know him from. He's in Breakfast Club. He's in... Isn't he in Who's Red in Dawn? Club? He's the jock uh, in Breakfast Club. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah You've never so seen Mighty Ducks? I, um, no, I've only seen the second one. I know that's a weird thing to say, but... <laughs> Mighty Ducks is a classic. Yeah, 
classic. For for some reason, like what is the second one called? What's the what's the title of it? Mighty Ducks D2. two. D two. Because like oh I yeah, it's P two. Hold on, let me see. Because I bought the DVD thinking it was the first one. Because the title led me D2, to believe it was the, the Mighty first Ducks, one. and you were lost. You had no idea what the plot was. So yeah, exactly. So one. obviously, I didn't notice the, <laughs> I didn't notice the D two, and I just saw the Mighty Ducks. So I thought it was just the first one. So I watched it, and I was like, "Stan, what's happening here? Like they keep referencing all this stuff that went on the past. It's not the first movie." <laughs> so yeah, I've only seen the first, the second one. Um. So yeah, I mean. I don't know how good of an actor Zach is. Um, I think he does all right. He plays innocent. Um, in the commentary, they talk about how Joe Dante kept telling him to close his mouth because he apparently <laughs> does a lot of open mouth acting. Where he's like looking does, shocked. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, he is a pretty weak lead, I would say. I hope he doesn't listen to this. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I mean, compared to... Yeah, compared to, like you said, Judge Reinhold, even in that small part's great. Phoebe Cates does a good job in the little things that she's given. I think with that, I mean, the mom, obviously. Yeah, he's probably... The mom and the dog bad. are the strongest characters. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the, dog, so the dog's my that. favorite character. If, if we're going on favorite characters now, like, I've got the dog and Mogwai. Um, and I've got a note here that says, when Mogwai's leaving, and he says to Barney, bye-bye, bark, bark, woof, woof. That just melts my fucking heart. Like, oh, I call so... when I see Taft sometimes I go woof woof. I call him that. <laughs> <laughs> what about you guys? What's your favorite character in the Dog and Gizmo? See, this is the thing. Like, I need I need some strong humans to like as well. Like, I I love yeah. dogs and I love I love uh, puppets, but now, we need some we need some strong characters. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the old lady that? was a strong character, but she was just so evil, and I hated her so much. And that scene is, is when that she... The, is that the one where, like, she was, like, saying that she's going to kill the dog? Yeah. yeah. So oh, that's the same lady. Oh, so that scene yeah, I'm glad where she, that she flies out of, the, out of the window is probably one of my favorite scenes besides the... Uh... Oh, that's... Yeah, going back onto that, yeah. So the shot in the butt and the lady going up the staircase on the chair is probably the two things I remember from when I watched it when I was five. Yeah. I I, yeah, I actually, her. I love, I love that death because it's just, it's comical, but it's ridiculous, but mm-hmm. it's, it's so cool at the same time. I love it. No, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. <laughs> um, well, then, uh, it's funny. Some one of the extra features where they're like interview doing some interviews from the set. Uh, Spielberg is actually sitting in that chair giving an interview. Um, you know, how do you feel about the dad? You like him or no? No. I thought, I like the dad. I think he's goofy. I think it's just funny that he has all these <laughs> inventions that are just like. <laughs> so the background he... about him, uh, he's a, a musician, and he actually wrote uh, "Joy to the World," the Three Dog Night song. He actually like wrote a lot of Three Dog Night songs. You know, Chris, do you know "Joy to the World"? Yeah, he. No. I didn't know that he wrote that song or that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Joy to the fishes in the deep blue sea. Joy to you, you and me. You never heard that song? I don't think so. That's how it starts. The song just starts off with Jeremiah was a bullfrog. No, mm-hmm. I've heard like I've heard people like sing that opening line before. I don't think I've ever heard the song. <laughs> well, I think Hoyt no. Axton wrote that. So. What yeah. else do we want to talk about with this movie? 
good things, bad things. We've done favorite scene. We've done favorite character. What else is this? Uh, I mean, we've already about? talked about bad things about it. You know, just. I mean, it, the thing is, is like, it's just one of those movies that even though there's like plot holes and you know not great acting, but it's just one of those that are just like fun and mindless you could put it on in the background for no you know just doing stuff yeah, yeah. to me it's uh, not like i wouldn't want to watch it like every christmas it's not like i will it's not like home alone or elf where i'm like oh i've got to watch this every christmas but have you... to me it's like i watched i rewatched this the other day and i was like yeah i'm still not still not keen on it don't really like it but then i i watched christmas bloody christmas you know the new shudder slasher and I was like, oh, no, no, this this is a bad movie that I don't like. Like, Gremlins is very good compared to this. <laughs> like, so have like you I'd seen the second it. one? No, I've not seen Gremlins 2 yet. Have you, Ashley? No. So oh. we're doing that with Field Mouse next episode. Yeah. I'm curious uh, how you guys will feel about that. So kind of the thing where you're saying there's a lot of, like, weird potholes. They kind of make fun of the rules and the potholes. And you could tell they're... I mean, not to spoil anything, but they're just kind of having a good time with it all. And they're just mm-hmm. going over the top, crazy, taking it in this whole, like, other direction. Like, they realize that the first, it's kind of making fun of the first movie. And Joe okay. Dante actually prefers the second one to the first one. Okay. I like the sound of that. But you don't, right? You prefer the first one still. Um, I feel like the first one's a better story, just you know, simplified, but the second one does have some just crazy, I mean, there's just more gremlins, um, and more gags, and, um, I don't know, you got a, you got a Donald Trump kind of parody back when he was, like, a real estate mogul, um, I don't know, just a bunch of interesting, it's a very interesting movie. Okay, I'm looking forward to it, actually. Yeah. Um, oh, on that note, too, the studio also said on this first one that there were too many gremlins. And so Steven Spielberg uh, get, said back, he goes, well, should we cut them all out and call the movie People? <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> um, so has anyone got any more things to add? No. As we wrap Mm-mm. it up with overall thoughts. Um, I liked it. It's fun. It's just silly, goofy, has a little bit of you know, horror to it. I like it. I don't really like it. <laughs> like it doesn't it doesn't work for me personally. But honestly, like it's an eighties thing that like, I don't have nostalgic attachment to. You know, I didn't first see it as a child and viewing it now for the first time as a cynical old man, I just feel like it's it's not for me. Like it just feels like a, a goofy gimmick to me. Like it just feels quite cheap. Got a patchy script, tonally unbalanced and very hit and miss humor and um, it does have some enjoyable moments in it though you know it's not all bad for me there are some good bits um i'd recommend it to kids and teens you know i think my son would really enjoy it maybe next yeah. christmas i'll watch it with him and it might make me enjoy it a bit more then so how, how old is he 12 oh yeah yeah definitely yeah so next year he'll be 13 so he'll be almost legally allowed to watch it in the uk <laughs> <laughs> We're very strict with what I, we show our children. <laughs> um, I get what you say about not having the nostalgia with it, because um, and people hate me for this, but like Goonies is like that for me. Like, no, I I, I can see I, that. 
Goonies was the same for me where like I didn't grow up with it. I get the nostalgia purpose, but like it's not as enjoyable as like Back to the Future and uh I love the Goonies, so I'm gonna stay out of this. Yeah, I have that same attachment with the Goonies and Back to the Future. Loved them as a kid, so I love them now still. Um although I will say I don't want to go on too much of a tangent here, but Ghostbusters, right? So I really loved Ghostbusters as a kid and I thought I really enjoyed the movies. Rewatched them as an adult. Turns out I don't like them at all and I like the cartoon. It was the real Ghostbusters that I liked. Yeah, <laughs> so... I didn't see Ghostbusters until I was an adult and I love it. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, only recently, I... within the past five years, I've seen it. I kind of get it because, like, with the toys and everything with Ghostbusters, you mm. think it's more of an action movie, and then instead it's, like, a comedy of guys starting a business for, like, <laughs> the first hour. Yeah. <laughs> They're not fighting ghosts, and, you know, there's not a lot of action action. It's really just like, hey, what's – I mean, there's a whole scene about them putting a down payment on a firehouse or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Gremlins is definitely an 80s movie. I think we can all agree on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, we should probably wrap things up then with this episode. Uh, but Ryan, dude, it's been an absolute pleasure having yeah, you on thank the pod. You. Yeah, Finally thank you getting to chat with you using our voices after so many years of being online, friends. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm feel, feeling very thankful to all of my Yankee friends lately. Um, I'm going to make it over there one day to hang out with you guys. Better. Um, Ryan, do you have any social media links or anything you'd like the listeners to find you on? Um, so one thing I would say, I kind of want people to follow me on Letterboxd, uh, where you have movie reviews and stuff. I like reading other people's thoughts and looking at their list that they compile, like ranking different movies. So I'm RyRy80 on that. Um, I'm also RyRy80 on Twitter. I was RyRy80 on Instagram until my account got compromised, so I am using a account that I used with a friend uh, that's Yelp to the Max, um, which was a Save by the Bell fan site kind of thing, like making fun of Save by the Bell, and then I just turned it into my own account <laughs> on awesome. Instagram. So. You were definitely the right person to get on this 80s movie podcast episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I want to give a shout out to all of our wonderful Patreon supporters as well. Field Mouse, who we're going to be speaking to on the next episode about Gremlins 2. John Howard, Nicole, Ryan is right here with us. <laughs> uh, Vincent, Tom, Wade, Ash and Kyle. We love you all. Thank you so much for your continued support. You all rule and Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to you all. You can also find us at horrorhomeschool.com, where all of our links are, the way you can listen to the show, our Patreon, which is bursting at the seams with extra bonus content. We've recently done a Wednesday review on there, so go and check that out. Um, you can also go and find our socials on there and our merch. We've got loads of T-shirts on Public. You can go and check out. Um, personal social media stuff, you can follow me on Instagram at Chris J. Wakefield. And me, underscore, Abraham Lincoln, underscore. Merry Christmas and happy holidays, everyone. We will be back soon with another episode. And remember, if your air conditioner goes on the fritz or your washing machine blows up or your video recorder conks out, before you call the repairman, turn on all the lights, check all the closets and cupboards, look under all the beds, because you never can tell. There just might be a gremlin in your house.